Dear listeners, Sairam. We now bring you part 1 of our program Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 26th January 2017 as part of Thursday live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Spend the day with Sai. From 6 a.m. to 9:30 p.m. on Radio Sai Thursday Live. Radio Sai Thursday Live. Stay tuned. Saram, dear listeners, and welcome to Vaini Satsang. As always. Like in this program, we have Brother Sai Prakash joining me, the co-host of this series, where we have, with Bhagwan's inspiration, started to dwell on his writings and the first series of articles that Bhagwan wrote for the Sanatan Sarathi is this sacred musings, which is Prema Vahini, the divine musings. which he so beautifully named as prema vahini so we have done the first two chapters in the previous episodes of this program and today as we move on to the third chapter by bhagwan's grace we also have a guest a former student of bhagwan's university a very experienced alumnus of shri satyasai institute of higher learning a well known figure and a beautiful instrument of bhagwan in the composition of many lovely sai bhajans brother sonam gamso from sikkim so he will also be part of this discussion today so let's begin with the first paragraph of the third chapter of prema vahini like we do in every episode we will listen to bhagwan's words and then we will discuss our thoughts and our insights సాధనే జీవితమునకు మార్గము మానవుడు ఎంత ఉత్తమ స్థితికి పోగలడో ఈ నరదేహమునందు ఎంత శక్తి ఇమిడి ఉన్నదో చూపగల తెలుపగల మహాత్ములు నాడును నేడును కలరు మనసు ఎల్లప్పుడూ బయటనే తిరుగుచుండుట ఇతరులను విమర్శించుట ఇట్టి వ్యాపారములయందే అది చాలా వ్యర్థమైపోతున్నది ఇతరుల గుణదోషములను చూచటలోనే నిమగ్నుడైన ఇంకా ఏకాగ్రత ఎట్లు కుదురును Premavahini chapter 3 There have been and there are great masters now too who demonstrate to man the great heights one can attain and also reveal the great power that is latent in the human body Mind of man is often wasted wandering on things outside criticizing others and similar such businesses When one is always engaged in seeing faults in others how can one attain ekagrata or one pointedness so that is how bhagwan begins 
the third chapter of Prema Vahini. So clearly Bhagavan is saying that there have been and there are great masters, now too who demonstrate to man the great heights one can attain and reveal the great power that is latent in the human body. So you have no excuse to say that, you know, we cannot attain this. That was that happened in the times of uh, uh, Pralada, that happened in the times of Dhruva or that happened in the times of Mahatma Gandhi and now it cannot, it's not possible, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, there are two aspects to what Swami is saying. One is that, um, yes, there are such people and possibly we may know them, we may not know them. That's on one hand. But on the other hand, he says, um, they are setting an example of how one can achieve one-pointedness. Basically, if you waste your mind in fault-finding and in looking outside, then you're wasting a precious instrument or a tool which can help you in getting one-pointedness. Yes. So, Amazing. Yeah, talking about great masters. Yes. I had the great fortune mm-hmm. to meet some of uh, the greatest masters today. Oh, beautiful. And uh, I'll just narrate one or two of uh, these experiences. Way back in the fag end of uh, the last century, mm-hmm. and then I was working for the government of Sikkim. Mm-hmm. Oh, last, cent- last century is just gone <laughs> by. Just gone <laughs> by. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are you that old? <laughs> we are no, not no, talking no. about uh, okay, yeah, yeah. In, in prehistory. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 So what happened was, uh, we had an occasion to uh, invite mm-hmm. Swami Chidanandji Maharaj. Okay. So there is also a Divine Life Society in Sikkim, at the Sikkim chapter of the Divine Life Society. And they had organized this program. And as a part of the cultural Ministry of Cultural Affairs, I was also asked to uh, host the program and help. So, Divine Life Society is uh, started by Swami Shivananda. Swami Shivananji Maharaj. Right, right. And Swami Chidanandji Maharaj is the the pontiff, the chief pontiff of the organization of this ashram. So, he was almost around 100 years old. Oh. Wow. So, when he came, we uh, we organized a Purna Kumbham and we welcomed him so beautifully. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge hall and Swamiji was... Uh, uh, he came and sat on the th- on the stage, mm-hmm. and then all the organizers they uh, stood up and walked towards him with a flower to offer the flower to him and mm-hmm. touch his feet. Mm-hmm. So when my turn came, as I was touching his feet, mm-hmm. he looked at me and said, "Sairam." So oh. nice! <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now it for me it was so touching. Mm. And then after that, the experience that I had, mm-hmm. you know, if we we talk about uh, wish first from eternity and, you know, the mystical sound, mystical voice. And that day I heard one. Mm-hmm. Oh. When Swamiji, he, he was to give a talk mm-hmm. and his entire talk was just, he said, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna three times. And then there was nothing, nothing coming forthcoming from him. He just kept silent after that. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> and the entire talk was just that. Just, th- just that. But it mesmerized the whole audience, the whole hall packed with humanity, mm. people coming from all walks of life, mm. and then people who were, you know, most of them you hardly know whether they were spiritual in their outlook. Mm-hmm. But then he said, and it was just a whisper. He on the microphone he said, Krishna, 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 mm. and then after that there was 
really pin drop silence, real pin drop silence. <laughs> and I had goosebumps. And I was in ecstasy. Mm. So uh, when you talk about masters, you know, mm. who have attained that stage, mm. state in life, mm. uh, you know, I have seen one such, uh, I had this beautiful experience. Mm. And even here in Prashanti Nilayam, one day I was so, so beautifully, I was, um, you know, surprised to see a Buddhist monk here. Okay. That too, a Tibetan Buddhist monk, you know, because mm. you can make out a Tibetan Buddhist monk from the color of the robe, it's okay. uh, that red robe. By the way, uh, this is for the knowledge of the listeners. Brother Sonam has done his PhD on philosophy of Buddhism. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, Tibetan Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhism. Yes. And uh, was it kind of, sorry to distract, but was it kind of uh, focused on meditation or the entire concept of Buddhism, philosophy of Buddhism? Yeah, we actually had to study the entire gamut of uh, esoteric and exoteric traditions of Buddhism. Okay. But okay. mine was more focused on the Tibetan Buddhism, the Tibetan uh, type of Buddhism, which is esoteric Buddhism, okay. Tantric Buddhism. Oh. So okay. when I saw one uh, who belonged to the same kind, you know, mm -hmm. who was, uh, belonged to the same clan and he was just seated amongst the people and he was a, quite wonderfully, he was a white, mm -hmm. a white person. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk to him, but then our regulations don't really permit us to go and talk to anybody. Right. But I was those days living with my uh, my grandmother, mm -hmm. who was also permanently staying in Puttaparthi. And at night before, when, when, when we were just preparing to go to sleep, uh, he came, this gentleman, this Buddhist monk just entered uh, the, the compound there behind Isprashanti, the annexes behind Isprashanti. And then he said, uh, I heard that here is a, uh, there is a Tibetan uh, Buddhist here studying in this institute and I heard about you and I wanted to meet you. Oh, oh, so nice. Swami brought him, the, the very person whom I wanted to meet, he, he was there with me. And then I heard this beautiful narration from him. He was a, he had been, now this narration, you know, speaks about two great personalities. One was this person, a novitiate. Mm -hmm. And then the other person, his guru. Okay. who was at that point in time the chief pontiff of the Nyingmapa school of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. So his guru mm -hmm. was, uh, was not well and quite aged mm -hmm. and about to pass away, like about to die. Mm -hmm. And we call attain Mahapari Nirvan. And this young gentleman, he had been in a place called Baila Kupe, mm -hmm. in the outskirts of Mysore. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, he had been, there is a Tibetan settlement there. Right. And settlement. there are so many monasteries and... But one of the largest, right? One of the largest, largest Tibetan yeah, settlement. outside Tibet. Yes. So, he had been undergoing, like he had been going through the Pragya Paramita Hridaya Sutra. Mm -hmm. He had been studying for 12 years and he had come as a kid. Now he was 19. Oh. So, for 12 long years, he had been studying this scripture, this script, scripture. And then the purpose, I asked him, what was the purpose of, uh, you know, pursuing this type of education? He said, it's not education that I was looking at. I wanted a firm background for my spiritual progress. Mm -hmm. Now that I had a very scriptural, very strong background, I wanted to, now I'm on my way to the Himalayas to become a Buddha. Oh. He said, I, have to, I am going to become a Buddha mm -hmm. on my way to the Himalayas. I wanted to come to Puttaparthi because I was asked prompted by there was an inner urge mm. to come to Puttaparthi and I have I have been here for one month. How beautiful. Wow. Now what he revealed to me after that was fantastic, you know. Mm. 
he he was here in puttaparthi for a whole month mm. and every day he sat for darshan mm. swami came and gave darshan and swami went inside and took people for interview and never looked at him never never cast a look at him and then he felt really dejected at the end of the month mm-hmm. so he just wanted to get away from this place he thought that i i have i have wasted one whole month mm. i could have been by the side of my guru mm. and then i could have had a last glimpse of my guru so instead of that i have wasted all my time here mm. so that day he resolved that he would sit for the last darshan in the morning <laughs> and then he would go away from here mm. and on his onward journey to the himalayas whatever what happened was when he was seated sitting for darshan and the darshan music started and swami came out in place of bhagwan sri satyasai baba he had the vision of his guru wow his guru his holiness dijom rimpuchi mm-hmm. i can openly tell the tell the name itself his holiness dijom rimpuchi the highest potentate mm-hmm. in the ngimapa tradition in the entire buddhist uh, tibetan buddhist tradition mm-hmm. a completely realized buddha he came out in place of bhagwan sri satya sai baba and walked among the uh, you know the flanks of devotees mm. and this gentleman he was so so excited he got up and offered three long prostrations full prostrations to bhagwan and no sevadars caught him My he was not caught by anyone that is a bigger miracle <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a real miracle <laughs> and then after that it was throughout the darshan it was dijom rimpochi giving darshan and dijom rimpochi walked back into the interview room wow what Amazing. an experience what an experience so this was and afterwards when dijom rimpochi really attained mahaparinirvan mm. now what had happened was you know his relics had mm. to be given to different people mm-hmm. all his followers you know mm-hmm. so even from sikkim mm-hmm. a group of uh, a delegation went to uh, nepal to get some relics or his clothes you know mm-hmm. his robe or some apparel something that we could really cherish and keep in sikkim so when they went there they saw that he had reduced his body mm-hmm. to a foot long like it was a, just a height just a foot uh, oh my and, god yeah because the devotees had been praying so hard that you should not vanish you know they in in they call it the you know dissolving the entire corporal body mm. into the rainbow body oh. so the body itself vanishes mm. so when the devotees prayed the body was reduced to the side to about 1 feet 1 mm. foot height mm. mm-hmm. and then it was embalmed and it was kept inside a a beautiful uh, casket mm-hmm. and it was uh, put on a pedestal Okay. Now when these people went there the day the body was put on the pedestal from four corners of the pedestal nectar started flowing oh, amritam wow. and the salt that was used to you know to uh, embalm the body mm. that the, the salt itself turned into ashes my god yeah So that was the when Swami when the moment I read this you know great <laughs> masters great masters during our own times we don't have to go back in time go into satya yoga mm. there are masters no but uh, what leads to the great masters is what he says is the the power that is eminent imminent yes imminent in this human body yeah. human body yes so he says the power that is imminent in this human body has been revealed to us by these masters and um, 
in a way of speaking, he says it is accessible to everybody. Yeah. We yeah. also have the same body. Yeah. We yes. have the same mind. Yes. So he is again coming back to this point of one pointedness. I think last uh, Thursday when we discussed um, the whole chapter, previous chapter was about concentration and one pointedness. Yes. And uh, what Swami revealed there. is so beautiful because yeah. it's like an evolution yeah in the last session swami said that um, look at an animal look at the lion look at the crow look at a cat do you st- see them having a steady vision they're always looking this side the lion is so powerful the elephant is so powerful but it's always looking this side that side this side yeah. that side there is no steadiness yeah there is no one pointedness mm. and swami says for anything that you want to achieve you want to achieve anything like now you for example you are a singer you are a musician you need to calm calm yourself you need to concentrate you need to focus and um, our every endeavor needs that one pointedness yes then you can imagine how much of concentration is actually required, required. to achieve the ultimate yeah. yes <laughs> that yes. kind of uh, you know ek ekagrata that swami ekagrata. says one yes. point in it. the beautiful point he said last time was why is it that the animals are not having one pointedness he said that is because they have a tendency to harm mm. yes so yes. when there is a tendency to harm there is fear a negative tendency yeah. yeah the moment see and it is hardwired in them like a tiger has to kill to eat a lion has to kill to eat so when it that is his natural function and yeah. when it kills and it eats then it also has the fear yeah because it is causing fear in others it has the fear in itself then now he is come this this thursday we have come to human beings yeah, <laughs> yeah. last yeah. thursday yeah. we with animals yeah. and now yeah. we have come to this thursday we have come to the human beings and he says there is immense potential in the human being because you are not hardwired to kill you know you are not hardwired to do anything that can cause fear yeah anything so anything that is actually causing fear is not human yeah it is not human quality yes. so he says you are eligible to have that ekagrata that one pointedness yes how do you do that he says yes. the mind is always busy looking at others the mind is always busy looking at who is getting the next interview yeah i mean when you're sitting for darshan <laughs> i don't want <laughs> how many people are looking at swami yeah, like yeah. many people are counting why is it that only that person is getting the interview, interview again and again and again and again yes so yeah. the mind is always comparing taking mm. notes yes but he says in that way you're thinking only about others you're not yes. focused on yourself you're not focused yes. on so that yeah. one pointedness he says yes. can yeah. be achieved yeah i had a beautiful experience uh, sitting right there in the on the portico okay uh, you remember mr vikendra simon yes so there was a there was a time when he when he was the the editor of sanatan, sanatan sarthi, sarthi. Right. and he was also one of the foremost journalists of this country you know absolutely so there was a negative thing written in a newspaper mm-hmm. it in fact made uh, the second headline i think mm-hmm. and swami was about to get into his car mm. and go to brindavan mm-hmm. and then this elderly gentleman he hurried towards bhagwan mm. and showed the article to swami okay. and said swami somebody has written like this mm. should i write a very strong rejoinder mm. and 
I'll never forget that moment, that look in Swami's eyes, that look of compassion and concern and care. Uh-huh. Swami said, how old are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Mr. Narasimhan said, Swami, I'm 78. Uh-huh. Swami said, is it not time for you to sit and meditate? Oh. I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> Swami said, go and do your japam, dhyanam, whatever you are doing. Do it intensely. There is no time to waste. Forget about this. People who write this, they oh also glorify God. me. Oh. People who write like this, they glorify me mm. better. Mm. So don't bother about this. You do your satna. Like, that was Swami's focus, you know. Wow. All the time goading mm. us and telling us that be focused. Be focused. In fact, that uh, you know naturally leads to what we are trying to do in Radio Sai as well. Yeah. Because yeah. sitting right here in this very hall, yeah. when uh, Swami was Swami came here in August 2002 when mm. he inaugurated this place, yeah. Swami said, "I have nothing to gain from this kind of work. I have nothing to gain. Yeah. I don't even need it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even need yes. it. I mean, look." I mean, we cannot compare Swami to any other ashram or any other no. uh, holy man or anybody else. No. Yeah. But if you look at the trend of the so-called neo-spiritual ashrams, <laughs> the <laughs> first department is media. The yes. first department is propagation. Yeah. And here Swami said, sitting in this very hall, I don't need any of this. If it is helping you if you are getting refined if you are getting better if you are finding fulfillment then you do it so beautiful it is uh, like that's why I mean whenever we are trying to do something we are not doing it for Swami's sake do it for your joy for your enlightenment that's all yeah that's all if it's giving you that you do it I don't need anything yeah if you're doing it in that spirit, you're never working. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Or you're working all the time. <laughs> or you're working all the time. You're working right. joyfully. I still remember in the mandir, Swami telling us so many times, but this one occasion, when Swami said, why do you sing bhajan? Mm-hmm. So we all said, Swami, somebody said, Swami, we want to please you. Mm-hmm. Swami said, I am already pleased. You don't have to please me further. <laughs> then Swami said, if it makes you happy, mm-hmm. then sing bhajan. Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to prove something, don't sing bhajan. Mm. Wow. Then Swami said most one most beautiful thing. First be a devotee, then be an artist. Wow. Wow. If you are an artist, you lose you f- forget being a devotee. Mm. So Very that important. focus all the time, whether you are singing bhajan or meditating or anything. Wow. Amazing. In fact, uh, as we are ruminating on this first paragraph. You know, where Bhagavan is saying there is there are great masters. And the one thing that I also want to underline here, here Swami is saying there is great power that is latent in the human body. Yes. Yes. I think that is again something very, very significant. Yeah. I feel. Because, you know, again, uh, I had seen someone who uh, was to me such a fantastic revelation. You know, we are also talking about how one pursues the path of non-violence, then one is fearless. And when one is fearless, then one, you, one has that ekagrata, one-pointed concentration. And, and if you see the life of Mahatma Gandhiji, he was someone who always uh, strove to pursue the path of truth and non-violence. And I had the chance to meet the secretary of Mahatma Gandhiji, Mr. V. Kalyanam, wow. yes. who served Mahatma Gandhiji uh, in the last four years of his earthly sojourn. And uh, incidentally, today is January 26th. 
<laughs> yeah. The Republic Day and uh, just Swami has arranged that perhaps, uh, you know, think about uh, the country and the great leaders that this country has produced and the great ideas that they set and yeah. the inspiration that they continue to um, give us. Yeah. So, I remember calling this person, Kalyanam, and asking, you know, when can I see you? He said, uh, oh, oh, you want to see me? Um, see, my visiting hours are 11.30 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. I said, <laughs> are you sure? I was, I was wondering, did I hear it right? I mean, mm. is it a.m. or p.m.? He said, see, that is the only time I am free. But if you are free, we could meet at that time. I said, okay, but like, can I come during the day also sometime? <laughs> He said, uh, well, you can come, but I will be busy with my things. So, I mean, it's up to you. I cannot like sit down and talk to you and because we wanted to actually record because he was 91 at that point in time. Wow. Historical figure. Hmm. And uh, he said, yeah, otherwise you can come at any time. I'll be busy with my things. You can hang around, but I cannot sit down and talk to you hmm. and all that. So I went to Chennai and I was, uh, it was early in the morning, it was around 7 o'clock mm -hmm. and I'm climbing the staircase, uh, he was in the first floor and as I'm doing that I see this oh, old man in white and white and he had this mop stick and he was very diligently cleaning all the uh, stairs. At 91? Yeah. So, I actually thought it is some sweeper or someone. <laughs> I mean, at 7 o'clock in the morning, who, who will, I mean, if someone is cleaning the staircase, hoping, oh, taking a mop stick, you know, so I actually asked him, you know, where is Mr. Kalyanam's house? He said, I am Kalyanam. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. I said, why are you doing this? Sir, why are, that was like immediate thing. Why are you doing this? He said, I like it. I said, I mean, you, you like mopping and I mean sweeping. Mm. Yeah, what is wrong with this? <laughs> We have to be clean. I like to see everything clean. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and, it keeps, and it keeps me fit. What is wrong in this? This is a great work. In fact, he said, I have no problem in posting in my CV that I am, I am the best sweeper you can find in the whole world. Beautiful, wow. beautiful. <laughs> and you know what is the daily schedule? He gets up at 3.30 in the morning and the first thing he does is he just puts on one uh, towel and he cleans the entire street in front of his house. So, 3.30 oh. to 5, he cleans the entire street. Mm. Then he comes, uh, comes back to his room, rests for 10 minutes, then he takes the mop stick. So, 6.30 to 8, it is a six-story building, he will clean the staircase. One by one. Perfect job. And then he will go up to his room, have his cup of tea or coffee. He'll come down. That building is the only building which has a beautiful garden in that entire area. Wow. So he will spend from 8.30 to 11.30 tending to the plants. 11.30 he'll go back to his room. Again, 10 minutes of rest. Then he'll go up to the staircase, to the terrace. On the terrace, he has his kitchen garden. So there he will spend time with his little tomatoes and his fresh spinach <laughs> and his uh, lady's fingers and everything. So till 1.30 he's bu busy looking after his uh, family, his little tomatoes and um, radishes. He will come back picking a few vegetables. 
Mm-hmm. And he will eat only what he grows. Only what he grows. Only oh. what he grows. So he will come back. Then he would make his simple uh, um, lunch, which is basically uh, in the rice. He will just put all these vegetables and uh, and a copious serving of ghee. And he said, "And you tell me, see, just taste how 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 beautiful it is how tasty it is." And I said, "Yeah, of course. I mean, everything is pure there. You grow everything very organic. It's so much, yeah, <laughs> absolutely organic." And then he will have uh, that rice, and he will have a little curd rice, and then he will have um, just uh, again ten fifteen minutes of siesta. Then he will start cleaning up his own room. He has like two rooms, mm. so he'll clean up the entire room. There should not be dust particle anywhere. Everything should be in its place. Amazing. And then Great. at three thirty four, he will have again his cup of tea or coffee. and then he has many engagements to you know to visit places and he has an adopted village 90% of his pension goes in serving um, the villagers there he has a school there so he would be out 4:30 to 6:37 he will come back again prepare his own dinner and then from 8:30 to 11:30 he's very keen about what is happening in the country so he will read and he will watch television to keep himself abreast of everything that is happening in the country so much concern so much concern at then at 11:30 to 2:30 is the only time he said he he is free to do anything else or meet or talk anyone so he doesn't <laughs> sleep his sleep is only this siestas that he takes which i was a witness to actually so he would, and and he has he has his timings for it you know actually even sometimes when we were recording you know when we came up i told just 5 minutes can we record something you know that's how we were recording something so even as, as we are recording When it is time for him, he will just go into siesta. He will just give me ten minutes, and he will just happily slip into his siesta. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. And after ten minutes, exactly, he will come back, mm. and now he'll be fresh, as if he had like four hours of deep sleep. You know, he'll be mm. fresh. And he said, "See, siestas are very good, time effective. I can do so much work." The potential of the body, mind. Potential of the body, and see, he has not visited. He is, he has not had the quote unquote benefit of the modern medicine and modern technology. Nothing. He has just used the God-given body so effectively, so fantastically, and whenever he has time, he will do namaspana. So namaspana is like how Gandhi used to preach the unity of all religions. So he would write Hare uh, Hare Rama Hare Krishna. He would write Jesus. Uh, um save me you will write all religions namaskarana one diary he has mm. <laughs> how beautiful i just beautiful. <laughs> you know when you think about the the power of the human body and now perhaps he perhaps he must be 94 now or but what alertness mm. what concern and what agility in that body now if If you ask him, where where does he have the time to criticize anybody? Yeah. So I'm saying all our time is wasted in finding faults with others. How can you find ekagrata, one pointedness? So where is yeah. the time for him? I mean, <laughs> yes. he's <laughs> so focused. Yes. So focused, and I think that focus is what uh, gives you all the energy to attain that. um virtue of ekagrata in fact as someone said what is there around us what is there in front of us what is there behind us and what is there beside us is nothing compared to what is there inside us 
<laughs> and one more thing, you know, when we, when we talk about Ikagrata, a lot of people, many of us, we have uh, a misnomer that, you know, Ikagrata must be a segmented quantum of time, you know, wherein uh, within this time, I need to be focused. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time, you know, you can do anything. So, uh, doing something with a very focused mind. So, so a student could be might, be might read a book in a very focused way with total Ikagrata and may not have that Ikagrata elsewhere. But how beautifully Swami has been telling us about constant integrated awareness. No? Right. Yes. That the whole focus, you know, having focus all the time mm. on whatever we do, mm. do it with that focus. You are a yogi, Swami says. Right. Yoga, karma, sukhaushalam, is that yes. only? Yes, Correct. absolutely. Wonderful. So let's move on to the next paragraph because I think that theme continues and right. probably we can, you know, extrapolate more as Bhagwan as we listen to Bhagwan's words. Navanti Deham Kalavare Vira Purshlu. Navanti Deham Kalavare Mahapurshlu. Vare Itistitika Ragalina Pudu Nastiti Itlu in the Kundavalanu. Itarla Lopamlan Vedakinatso Nakemi Lavamu. Nalopamlu Nene Vedaki Nakunenu Manasa Swahin and Lo Petukanavalanu. Ane Sankalpamus Tiramu Cheskonata Modati Sadhana. When many valorous and great ones who have physical bodies just like me have attained such exalted status, why should my position be anything less? What do I gain in finding faults of others? I have to search within myself for my own faults and keep my mind under control. Making this firm resolve is the first step in spiritual practice. So here, before we move on to the discussion, I want to share one of the listeners' uh, questions. Okay. So, she has asked us two questions based on what Bhagwan has uh, said in the second paragraph. So, Bhagwan very clearly says that one has to search within themselves for their own faults and keep their mind under control. And this is the first step in spiritual practice, making the firm resolve to do this. So, she has asked us, requesting to be anonymous, I feel that when we are judgmental and when we form opinions, many times negative opinions about people in our minds, it is also a certain form of finding faults or weakness of others. Okay. But this is a natural part of the mind. This is how the mind generally works, naturally works. Mm -hmm. How do we go beyond it? This is her first question. And the second question is, I feel it is not wrong to correct your spouse or your family members since their actions indirectly affect you. Please share your views on how to go about this. So let's take the first question where she's saying that it is natural for the mind to form opinions and especially if see faults in others. It just happens uh, the way our mind is. How do we go beyond it? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> what comes to my mind as you're just reading out is the attitude with which you kind of um, tell another person, like somebody is not doing something right. The attitude, like what is good and bad ultimately, if you see. Yeah. So if you are, if somebody is not doing something moral, that is not acceptable in society. 
in a family somebody is not doing something legal something illegal that's not accepted in a society but when somebody is doing something which is not spiritual i mean spiritual is if you look at it a absolutely essential part of you it is you i mean the core of who you are so any action like in one of the discourses swami said good and bad what is good and bad he said good is that which takes you closer to god bad is that which takes you away from god so at various levels we have defined what is good and bad hmm. and if you are actually uh, telling somebody if some there is somebody who is doing something wrong and you feel that you can tell them that you know um instead of this why don't you do it like this this may help you better in your life i think absolutely there is no nothing wrong in that but you know if you find fault with them like swami says if you are angry with somebody there is anger in you yes <laughs> yes that's why this whole story of see so it's all levels of evolution yes. i mean at the level of duality when you are having you are living in this level of duality the mind tends to find faults with others yes. this person is like that this person is like this but instead of focusing on that yes on the negative aspect of that person if you focus on the positive aspect of everybody has something positive yes and if you focus on that positive aspect i think that reflection reaction will start working on you yes like i think there are so many beautiful instances where swami said you know uh, there was this incident where the hijackers were coming yes. and this gentleman was giving love to them yes and how their whole attitude Phyllis changed crystal philis crystals anecdote yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. how the whole if yes. it can happen to a hijacker can yes. happen to anybody i think yes. anybody is below that level of <laughs> below hijacking yeah. so yeah. it is our personal growth yes which we have to, here ekagrata that's what yes. swami is saying yes. if you are focused on our personal growth the world around us changes yes first possibly our best friends attitude changes towards us then possibly our family's attitude changes towards us then the community's attitude change changes towards us so yes. how It, how focused are we yes. i think that's any other thoughts sir yes yeah uh, yeah it's the motive also exactly yeah the motive behind being judgmental mm. like when i i there are only on two counts i can be judgmental i can point out somebody's mistake one could be a very negative thing i just want to be little that person mm. and uh, really show his weaknesses to everyone okay the other one could be i am concerned about what he is doing mm-hmm. like somebody uh, is smoking cigarette mm-hmm. somebody doing something terribly wrong mm-hmm. and i want to point it out to him mm-hmm. and tell him that this is where you are going wrong and i am absolutely sure that i am not doing that mistake mm-hmm. in the first place mm-hmm. and then i tell him that look you are not supposed to do this mm-hmm. it's not good for you mm-hmm. so this is purely driven by compassion so if the motive is very altruistic mm-hmm. then being judgmental is very good yeah i mean i would go one step beyond that yeah in the sense that if you believe in what in a certain set of principles then you need not even say it yeah yeah like if you believe that smoking is really bad yeah for your health for your growth yeah. as a human as for your existence life as a human being yeah if you firmly believe in it and you follow it yeah 
then automatically people will look at you and follow be the change yes. yourself they will they will automatically yes. they will come on their own and ask why are you not smoking like i had a similar experience yeah. because some of my friends you know they they were chain smokers yeah and um, they came and asked me like why are you not smoking then i asked them why are you smoking so then they said uh, uh, <laughs> you know is looking for answer i said there are only two reasons one is you want to get that kick you want a kick from smoking another is that you want to be accepted in your friend circle yeah these are the only two things yes so then i said i already have the kick <laughs> there is something which is very harmless which is we mm. I mean if you are addicted to smoking i am addicted to something else yeah. you are already on the high <laughs> i am on the high all the time yeah, all so the time. The, yeah. that particular yeah. thing on which i am high is not harmful to me it is beneficial to me mm. that is point 1 and second thing is i feel that if i don't have any bad intentions and if i don't have anything against anybody automatically that company which i crave for which i may want to which i may like will come to me automatically yes. i am not dependent on the company yeah. yes. i if i set myself right automatically the right people will come the yes. right things will happen yes and also like you know uh, a reflection reaction is one aspect and there is goodness in everything exactly so like that famous episode of seeing the dead dog yes. when jesus christ was walking past yes. and everybody was like closing their nose and looking away and uh, he said look at its teeth how beautiful they are Yes. It's just a dead dog, and uh, so there is goodness in everything. There is goodness. In, it's your drishti, and in fact, yes. the last line of the previous chapter, Swami says, "Yes, it is the drishti." Correct. He says it is your drishti. Yes. How you look at creation, yes. your creation responds back to you. Responds back to you. True. So amazing. Yeah, I think. In fact, uh, are we <laughs> close <laughs> to? <laughs> I think. Yeah, there is. Uh, there is a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. There is a beautiful story from the life of Buddha. You know, okay. Mm. Among the among the followers of ardent followers of Buddha, mm -hmm. there happen to be now this is purely in the Tibetan tradition. Okay, there happen to be a dullard, okay, who could never understand anything that the Buddha sitting there in the mango grove he was uh, teaching every day. Jetavan he was sitting there every evening. He would give discourses. Mm -hmm. and uh, on morality and uh, you know shila samadhi pragya mm. this person wouldn't understand anything mm. and because of that he was demoralized he was feeling all the time bad and lot of people mm. uh, many others mm -hmm. they would pick on him and say this this fool doesn't understand you know he just sits there and gapes at us you know mm. so ananda was very much perturbed by this mm. so moved by compassion he approached buddha mm. and said master our brother here doesn't seem to understand anything mm. he cannot retain anything in memory he ca can't even understand what you are speaking so he is he feels very low mm. is there anything that we can do for him mm -hmm. and the master said you think that way mm. you don't know the potential of this uh, of this monk mm. i'll show you his potential mm. so he called the monk and said from tomorrow you don't have to sit for my discourse and listen to my discourses you don't need to do that you are much higher than that Mm -hmm. From tomorrow, what you do is prepare the ground for my discourse, evening discourse. Mm. So you clean up the place, mm. and I'll give you two maha mantras uh -huh. that you have to chant when you are cleaning. Mm. So in Tibetan, it's called dulpang, timathak. Mm. Mm -hmm. Dulpang means uh, all the dust go away, mm. and let all the smell disappear. Mm -hmm. So you keep saying 
dust go, smell disappears. Dust go, smell disappears and keep cleaning the place. Once the whole place is neat and clean, you don't need to be seen anywhere. You don't even need to come here. You are already enlightened. <laughs> so this went on for a whole month. So a whole month he prepared the ground for the evening discourse. And then one day the master called him and said, now you have really promoted yourself to the next level. Now you go to that small cave. There was a cave. Go inside there and meditate for one month. Mm-hmm. And and he said, Master, what do I really concentrate on? Mm. He said, think that you are growing horn, a mm. pair of horns on your head. Mm. So think of that and you sit and meditate. Because he was, everyone called him, you are, a, you are like a, you know, you are like a bull. Mm-hmm. You are like an idiot. Uh-huh. You don't understand anything, you know. You, you must be growing horns, you know. Uh-huh. This was a taunt that he was hearing every day. Every day. So it was easy for him to really connect with that one. Mm. So he went inside, they retired inside the cave. And then he started concentrating on the horns that were growing on his head, you know. Mm. So after three months, mm-hmm. the master said, now it's time for him to emerge out of his meditation. Mm-hmm. So he called him mm-hmm. by his name and said, brother, you can come now. Uh-huh. From there, his feeble voice, you know, was heard by everyone. He said, I can't come out because my horns are really touching the ceiling and I'm unable to extri- extricate myself out of the the cave yeah. doors of the cave, you know. Oh, so I have to first uh, do something about this, how to come out. Mm-hmm. He's obstructing me. So the Buddha said, okay, never mind, don't come out. Sit there and from today onwards, you think that your gro- your horns are growing, uh, becoming shorter. Oh. <laughs> and then once the horns disappear, you come out ah. and I'll give you the next level lesson. Hmm. So for one month, he sat there and then he reduced his <laughs> so-called horn hmm. and came out and then Lord Buddha told Ananda, see his potential. Wow. He can grow into anything. The potential is all the time there. You are born with it. And it doesn't go anywhere. You just heard part one of our program, Wahini Satsang. This episode was first aired on the 26th January 2017 as part of Thursday Live from Prashantinilam on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. We hope you enjoyed it. Your feedback is very important to us. Please email your thoughts to listener at radiosai.org. You can catch the next part of this right here, same time, same place, next week. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram. <laughs>